at what point would you begin to believe that somehow your unbelief or somehow the devil or somehow the sickness is greater than God? At what point would we not believe? I want to read our, our declaration. I confess with all my awareness, with all my understanding, that I need God. Just, just wait right there. That's what I, I see when I watch that video. I see a man whose body was declaring, I need God. I see a man in a perfect position to, for that encounter. I see a man who God chose to heal for his glory to the point that that would be recorded and that it would even reach us as a testimony. So when we say, Go back, right? When we say these words, what are we saying them in light of? Belief or unbelief? Because what I'm going to say to you is this. Whether you say this with belief or unbelief, it's still true. Somebody better say amen to that because God's word never returns void and some would say well what, then what does it matter if you believe or don't believe see that person has no relationship with God you shouldn't ask that question if you have a relationship with God because you should realize that regardless of my belief or unbelief he is what I need it shouldn't, you shouldn't get into an argument with yourself because that's really who you're arguing with. You ain't arguing with me. You're arguing with yourself on whether or not belief has value. God has value. And so it provokes belief. Belief in a fly being God is no belief at all. Belief that your physical body will live forever is foolish. But belief in God, that means something because God means something. Amen. So when we say this, whether you believe it or not, at least do yourself a favor and acknowledge it's true. Because it's true, regardless of you or me. You need God. I confess with all my awareness, with all my understanding, that I need God. Without him, we're going, without him, I can do nothing. Come on, let's, let's say it like, like from here, right? Without him, I can do nothing. Without him, I can be nothing. Without him, I am nothing. Without him, I have no way, I have no truth. Through Christ, I find freedom. 
Through Christ I find peace. Through Christ I can do all things. Awesome. I was made with purpose. I was made with a plan. My purpose is to know God, and his plan is to know me. He did not create me for earthly pleasure, but I was created only because he is loving. By knowing this, I now confess. Come on, church. My life is not my own. I don't belong to me. I belong to God. And so I surrender. I surrender my heart. I surrender my will. I surrender my life. Sorry. As long as now is now, I will choose to live for God. And more importantly, I choose to let God live through me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do tonight. Because you're going to bring a word. You have a word for us to heal us in an area of doubt and unbelief. You want to help us with our unbelief. And so, God, we surrender to you now anything that might cause us to be distracted from receiving what you have to say tonight that would cause us to have doubts and fears when we should be walking in security and faith. And I pray, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to fall now. In Jesus' name, amen. Christ heals. Christ heals. Go with me to Matthew chapter 8. How many of you guys ready to get into the word tonight? I know people are battling sicknesses and there's all kinds of things going on. But thank God that his word never changes, right? Thank God that his word is not like we are. It doesn't grow sick. It doesn't lack muster or power, amen? But regardless of what we go through in this life, God is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. No matter what, he's the same. No matter what, he doesn't change. Look what this says in this text. It says in Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse 1, it says this. A large crowd followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, say that, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Instantly the leprosy disappeared. Instantly. What is instant for God is different 
than what is instant for us. You might say to me, you might say to me, how? Because he's not in time. He's outside of time. So God spoke healing in this moment before Jesus did. Hold on a second. You, you're telling me, what are you saying? That it, that, 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 that it happened before? I, yeah, yeah listen, listen to what I'm saying. Because God knows everything, he was already there. God knew the man with leprosy before the man had leprosy. Jesus knew the man, knew the man who was a leper before being the Christ embodied God, right? He knew that, who that man was before, he ever, before that man ever knew who he was. So he said, if you're willing, and Jesus said, I am willing. See, we have a God that is willing. This is important for you to understand that we have a God who is willing. But this is where, man, we mess up as men. This is where we take a word, a beautiful word of healing, and we see this testimony just like we heard on the video. We're reading it in the text where God just miraculous, miraculously shows up and touches somebody's body, and we go, if you're willing, and that he already knew, and we start making something else out of it. Now we're going on healing crusades. Now we're creating environments and we're saying, if anybody is sick in their body, come forward. And what they're not saying is that they were last night, the night before that, they were at another city saying the exact same thing, doing the exact same format. Now whether or not God decides to heal somebody, the healing ministry should not get the credit. Somebody got to help me tonight. Because I know this is hard. But the healing ministry should not get credit for what belongs to God. God heals. Christ heals. And you might say to me, no, 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 no. I mean, come on, you're being a little too extreme. Listen to the words of the Lord. In verse 4, he said, then Jesus said to him, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. Hold on a second. There's a, a law, there's, a there's this thing in the law of Moses that if somebody gets healed of leprosy, they have to take this offering? You mean there were people being healed of leprosy before Jesus did this miracle? Yeah, because God is God. It doesn't void the miracle, it confirms it. God is God. Amen? And look at what he says. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. So don't tell anyone, but everyone will know. Don't tell anyone, but everyone will know. You know what he's saying? Don't focus on you. Don't put the focus on you. Don't make it about you being healed. Make it about me healing you. And here's how I want you to do it. Because I know you, Ron. You're going to go yapping. I don't want you to say anything. Instead, just do these simple things, and then you let me work. Come on, somebody. 
You let me work because I'm God. See, Christ heals. Christ heals. First of all, I want you to see something. I want you to see something in verse 2. It says, suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. The second thing I want you to realize is, if you're willing. So what it spoke to me as I was getting ready for tonight, I said, man, isn't it funny that there was this reverence in the heart of the man to kneel before Jesus? When's the last time you've knelt before the Lord? What I would say to you is, maybe that's the first step of healing you need, is that you first have to be healed so you can actually kneel before God. Forget about your sickness in your body for a second and have a heart check. When's the last time you recognized God was God? Because if you can recognize God as God and you develop this relationship with this living God, then when you approach him, there's a way that you go at him. You don't come over. Watch this. This is what most people do. Most people don't live face to face with God. They live with their back to God. And here's what I mean. If you live face to face with God, you are constantly reverencing the Lord. When you're having conversation, you don't speak like, man, God, I told that person. You don't talk like that. There's this, there's this communion that goes on with God when you're talking to him, and it's not like that. What we do is we, tur- we see God, and then we turn away, and we start telling everybody else about him. Now all of a sudden, it's about us saying something. But God is saying, where's the reverence? The first part of healing that we need in the body of Christ is a reverent spirit before the Lord. We got too many people swagging out, shouting, and you know why? Because they can. Who's going to stop them? But they're shouting, swagging, making it exciting, calling up a, a gathering of believers and experience. They're coming up with new phrases all the time. They're going to put a, a different banner every year on their stage. They're going to put a different vision saying, you know, I think this year everybody's saying all in. They keep doing all these different tactics, and it's not reverent. I'm not saying those things are bad, but I'm saying we need some deep healing on the inside. We need to be healed to where, you know what, when we step before a holy God, we're not just waving our banners we're not just walking around like we're like our stuff don't stink. Right? Like I'm a son of God, you can't mess with me. That's not what God was doing. Towards death? Yes. Somebody got to help me right now. Towards death, hell in the grave, you can stand up and say, "I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God." Yes, but to the world to try to appear better That's sickness. That's called sickness, brothers and sisters. You are not supposed to display yourself that way with a false sense of security in that. You're not supposed to do it. You're supposed to be reverent. Holy is God. Amen? You're not supposed to turn up. You're supposed to turn down. God turns up. It's it's just different. Healing starts with a bent knee. That's what it does. It produces a bent knee. 
You don't want to be the person that God heals but doesn't reverence him. Because all you were used for was the glory of God, but you don't have God. You think God only heals Christians? You think that God only heals Christians? Believers? Come on. He heals. That's just who he is. But be thankful that you do know him and watch this, that your love for him and your relationship with him is greater than the healing he gives you. That, that if he doesn't heal you, it doesn't damage the relationship with God. If anything, it, all of it, whether he heals you or doesn't, strengthens the relationship with God. Somebody say amen. Look in Luke chapter 8. You know what? And I just want to commend my brother Aaron for having the, finding the strength to be here when he's sick. And, and Amaya, where's she at? She in the restroom or something? Because, you know, you didn't have to. But God got you here. And that speaks to me. Luke 8, it speaks to me, you know why? Because you don't have to be doing something. To, you know, I'm preaching, so it's hard for me to just call in. Right? But that's not the reason why I should show up. I shouldn't show up because I have to preach. I should show up because I get to. Unless something's, unless it's really bad, like I don't want to get re-sick, so you just stay way over in that corner, right? But <laughs> unless it gets really bad, I'm going to be there. Luke 8, starting in verse 43, watch this. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe. Now, where's the fringe located? So was he wearing like a short coat where the fringe was like at the upper part of his back? Like today? God forbid a man doesn't wear that, right? But they were down at his feet, and... and Watch what it says. She touched the fringe. So what that means is she had to lean down. Why? Why would she have to, t why would, what was going on where she had to lean down? And let me tell you something about God. Whether you acknowledge it or not, every knee will bow. You need to hear me right now. You need to hear the words that are coming out of my mouth so you can grasp what I'm saying and what the Lord is trying to give you tonight, that every knee will bow. So whether she was kneeling like the other man who had the leprosy or not, if she wasn't even thinking that way, she was just as long as I took. Either way, the truth of God's word, you will bow. It's still a prophetic word to the truth. Do you see this? You guys remember the scripture when they, try, they go to try to arrest Jesus? And, they, and he said, who are you looking for? And, he, and they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am he. And they all fell back. If God wants to, he can make you reverence him. Your reverence for God ain't even your own.
because you can't bring yourself to reverence God. God brings you to reverence him. God brings you to a place to kneel. Who willingly kneels? Only those that know who he is. Look at what it says. Coming up behind Jesus, verse 44, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately the bleeding stopped. Say immediately. So there's something that happens when the will of God is present. Things happen immediately. Here's the key. The will of God has divine timing. And when it meets, when divine timing meets with people, immediate things happen. Whoo, God, I thank you for divine timing. Who touched me, Jesus asked. And everyone denied it. And Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me. For I felt healing power go out of me. Now, if you read this in human reason, you're going to think, you're going to look at it as if Jesus was surprised. I felt, whoa, who touched me? I felt healing power come out of me. Well, that's how, that's how being in time works. When you're in the temporary, you're getting information as it's happening. You go, whoa. But you know the other part that it's not saying? is that the Holy Spirit of God that was in Christ, God himself that was in Christ, was also at the same time reassuring Christ that this was no accident. Somebody say amen. amen. This was no accident. Have you ever had that happen? Anybody who's been walking in the Spirit, have you ever had that happen where you were like, what's going on? But I know this ain't no accident. You've had that happen. At the same time, you're astonished. You're secure. You know it's God. He's like, hey, I felt this healing power come out of me. When the woman realized she, that she could not stay hidden, he began to tremble. Or she began to tremble and fell to her. What? I think there's a theme here. I think there's a theme here that whether your physical body hits the ground or not, the heart has to. The heart has to. And sometimes that will manifest in a physical expression of dropping to your knees. Same. Watch this. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter. Notice the words. What do you call her? Somebody got to help me tonight. I feel the presence of God. What do you call her? You think, he, you think he calls everyone his child? Did Jesus call everyone his child? Aren't there scriptures where he was like, if you don't hear my voice, you don't belong to me. If you don't know my word, right? If you don't I mean, he immediately says, and listen, did she say a sinner's prayer? Do you think that it was because she believed that then he called her my child? Or could it be that God knew 
who was his already, and drew her to him because she was his child. And he said, daughter, he said, your faith. Now look at this. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. All right, so real quick. Did you spawn your own DNA? Who, how'd you get your DNA? No, no, really. Like, who gave you your DNA practice? Okay, you two. Did you come up with your own DNA? How'd you get yours? So when he says your faith, that ain't yours. Some of y'all ain't going to like me. Even people online, I know they ain't going to like me. What you talking about, man? I got I'm, just bear with me. I'm going to show you. But that ain't yours. No more than yours is yours. Or yours. It's not yours. You're a beneficiary of something that doesn't belong to you. And that goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. And that goes all the way back to the dust in the ground. And that goes all the way back to the breath of God. You don't belong to you. Every part of your being has to answer to God. It has to stand at attention. It doesn't avoid God. This is what's crazy. You don't, you, maybe you are online or maybe you're listening to what I'm saying and you're not a believer and you think in your mind there is no God. Every cell in your body is confirming there is one and stands at attention waiting for his command. Waiting for his command. Here's the problem. We don't want to kneel, and we don't want his will. We don't want to kneel, and we don't want his will. We don't want to bow to God. This is true. The flesh does not want to bow to God, even though it all stands at attention waiting for his command. You talk about a confused specimen. <laughs> and the flesh wants its own way. Faith. She, he said, your faith. Your faith. I'm going to show you something tonight about healing. And I want to show you, and I pray you get it, but I want to show you how the healing power of God isn't contingent on human understanding. And so what I mean is, you agree that God can heal? Everybody in here knows God can. Everybody in here. Now, you got, you got an advantage by being a part of the church because you already know the teaching. But let's just take the teaching away and you're still a churchgoer. You know God can. But are you okay if he doesn't? Is he still the God you love? You know what I mean? If it doesn't happen. Because here's the thing. There's plenty of other times in this room right now of people who are faith-filled and you prayed and it didn't happen. Can we be fair? 
Is that because we lacked faith? See, there's a whole teaching out there that teaches that your faith can move the hand of God. And that is so, it's just a degree off. It's so close to the truth, but you're missing a piece. And you're going to find it right here. Go with me to Romans chapter 12. Because here's the problem, man. We want to tell God what to do. And we'll act like we don't. We'll be like, no, 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 no. I just believe he can. But see, what, what's happening is you're saying that you're having faith when you're really being stubborn. Man, I can't. I, preach better than this. Lord knows. Lord knows. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 3. And look at what it says. Because of the privilege, because of the what? Is that what your word says? And authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith, what? What? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. What you say? God has say that loud, bro. God has given us. What's yours say, Michelle? God has given us. What's yours say? Same? What's yours say? God has distributed. Distributed. Given, so hold on. Measure yourself by the faith of yourself that you gave you. It's like DNA. You can't get away from it. That God has distributed to you. Now you would say, well, that's not the same kind of faith as believing he can heal. What God are you serving? It's the exact same kind of faith. Where do you ever hear faith having different meanings in the Bible? Nowhere. Faith is faith. You're either believing God can and will or you're not. That's just what it is. But you can't give it to yourself. That's the thing. It's what God distributes. Watch. You might say, well, okay, that's. Maybe you're stretching a little. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. I know some of you guys are like, all right, we're going to different, ver different parts of the Bible now, right? Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 2. Verse 2. Look what it says. We do this by keeping our eyes Actually, you know, let's go up to verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of what? So you see, there's a life of faith. Do you see the difference? You're drawing from something. 
You know, the scriptures say that you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water, always bearing fruit. Well, where's the source come from? The tree? The water. So it says witnesses to the life of faith. So there's this wellspring of faith. This, this, this ocean of faith that God, it's his, it has a name. His name is Jesus. Jesus Christ is faith. God is faith. You got to get that. Now watch. Let us strip off every weight that, so, that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run the, with endurance the race God has set before us. The what? The race who? Has set before. So did you set this race before you? See, I'm trying to get you to a place. These are fundamental to understanding how to experience the healing power of God. And when? Because your heart has to be in a bent position. You have to be low, kneeled before the Lord, understanding that he put a plan, a race before me, understanding that he distributes faith to me, understanding that I'm at the mercy of God. I don't demand God. Hold on a second. Who told you to take this word and put it before the one who spoke it and knows it and then hold him accountable to it? You know that's a teaching. Do you know that? That you, that you would take God's word as to remind him. It's different now, watch me, when God says, see that I won't do it. That's totally different when you trust in a kneeled position, realizing that his will's going to be done, and you put a request and say, you, mentioned, you said this, this is what I'm believing. Versus saying, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to go do it. You know, no, 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 you're mishandling this thing because you know you're not just holding words in your hand you're actually holding God this is God amen he is in all of this he's throughout all of this so look at what it says I don't want to get too far off but it says that God has set before us in verse 2 we do this by keeping our eyes we do this we run this race he set before us by keeping our eyes on Jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith in another translation and i believe it's the king james it says who is the author and finisher we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, our champion, who is the author, the initiator, the perfecter, the finisher of what? Our, now, now, when we hear our faith, what is our faith? Our faith is but a measure distributed by God. Because I just read that to you in Romans 12, 3, right? He gives me a measure of faith. 
This is why Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a, you know why he says that, man? Y'all got to hear me right now. Where are my brothers and sisters at tonight, huh? Slap yourself if you have to. Because I'm giving you the truth. You know why he said, if you have a mustard seed? You know why he said that? Because where does it come from? Oh, man, if you knew where that came from, then you'd say amen. Because you know what? This world, just a little bit of God moves the world, moves the whole world, makes the universe be the universe, makes orbiting happen. Just this much of God, it just makes all of it happen. Because of where it comes from, a mustard seed is potent because it's full, 100%. Here's what you don't know about a mustard seed. might be this small, but it's 100% pure. God. We need to see this. We need to get this in our hearts and in our minds tonight. You want God to heal your body? You need this. You need this, what I'm teaching you. No, you don't want to go back to your youthful ways of thinking. I feel the presence of God. You don't want to go back to your youthful ways of thinking when you're like, oh, well, God understands. I'm just going to go. No, this is falling on your ears for a reason. This is to take you from one place and get you to another. God has sent you over a fast track. So you don't have to miss this. So when you're either laying in your bed dying of cancer and you're believing God for healing, you can also believe him for whatever takes place. Like, like in full faith, both sides saying, he can heal my body. He doesn't have to. But that's not faith. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Go with me to Mark 9. Yes, it is. I believe God wants to heal his people. I believe God wants to get the glory. Why do I have to, you know, work so hard? I don't. You can't pray long enough. Let me, let me show you guys something. Human effort is no good. We know this. You can't pray long enough to make God move. You can only pray as long as he sees fit to line up with what he wants to do. That's how prayer works. It's not that you come in and say, man, I go into my prayer closet Every day, I clock in, hour, I clock out, and I know God hears me. But are you hearing God? Because what if, what if God wanted you somewhere else doing something else? Would you be so stuck in the way you believe? You know, you know what the scripture says? That if you don't do it, he'll raise somebody else up. Look, you shouldn't be like, man, I don't want to miss out. Man, that's greedy. You should say, praise God, he still gets his work done. With or without me. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God that he's still God with or without me. I need him. He doesn't need me. Mark 9, starting in verse 23. 
What do you mean, if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. I have to go backwards. Go to verse 20. So they brought the boy, and this boy was, was possessed. He, I believe he was having seizures. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion. And he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening, Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire and into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What, what do you mean, if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes see this is the thing if a person believes that choice to believe is not initiated by human reason are you hearing what i'm saying what he's saying is if you're mine if you hear my words and know my voice if my sheep know, if you know, you will believe. Belief will come through you. It's a, it's a, it's a, a requisite, I believe is the right word, or it's a, a prerequisite of what God is doing. No, that's not the right way to say it. Huh? Whatever, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out and the child of the child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet and he stood up. Help me. Do you know why there, there, there's something that is so common about these three events? The first one, kneeled. Said, if you're willing. The second one, trembled and knelt. Believed he was willing. Just had to touch the... The third one... saying the man said help me with my unbelief if that ain't the ultimate sign of a humble heart kneeling before God being honest and transparent how many of us would say I just can't believe God for that and then ask for help I, I rarely hear it so there was this kneeling of his heart he said I do believe but please help me with my unbelief let me tell you what he was saying. I sense the spirit. Because can anybody believe without the Holy Spirit? Can anybody believe God without the Holy Spirit? It's impossible. Do you remember where you were when you didn't have the Holy Spirit operating in you? You didn't believe God. You might have been a, a professed believer, but you weren't a believer. You were terrified to die. Huh. 
the ultimate healing of that death where is your sting. Huh? If you have that, you can work backwards from there. It makes it a little bit easier. But you know where you were. It takes the spirit. He said, I do believe. He's saying, I believe you are who you say you are. I, I see you. That's why I'm here. So I, I see it. But there's this flesh. And it just doesn't want to believe. Help me with this thorn, this flesh. And you know what I'm going to say to you? You should always be that way before the Lord. You should never ever believe and get in the deception that you are your faith part of you moves God God moves the faith part of you that's the truth How, and you would say you would say but that doesn't make sense though because didn't didn't the man ask to be healed didn't the woman touch the the garment didn't this man ask help me with my unbelief I mean it's they're initiating it Listen to me close. Listen to me close. Remember I said to you, that ain't your DNA, right? That faith don't belong to you. Listen to me close. No healing is possible outside of God's presence. So the only reason why the leper could ask, the only reason why the woman with the issue of blood could touch. And the only reason why he could say, help me with my unbelief is because God chose to be in proximity. You don't understand that. You, would, you don't, we don't get this, that God has made himself available to you to be within range, to even put a request in. If he don't do that, you have no request. You want a scripture for it? You know the rich man that went to hell? And there was a chasm that divided him and Lazarus was in, I believe, Abraham's bosom. And he said, dip your finger in the water and touch my tongue because it is hot. He said, no one can pass. The presence of God was not there. Because if this is how good, man, y'all, whoo, I feel the Lord. This is how good God is. This is how good God is for those that are in his presence. That they're there. They get a drink whenever they want. You hear what I'm saying to you? You get to just walk right up like a... And you get to get God whenever you want. But this man, God wasn't there. And what he was asking for could not happen. Because if God were there, because God is so loving and so merciful and so, he just exuberates mercy, he would have given the man a drink. But because God was not there, that man could not get a drink. See, that's the thing. When God puts himself in proximity with a person, faith arises. It's like the sun beaming on a dying flower. That's all it's had is shade for weeks. And it just starts 
to wilt. And all of a sudden, the shade goes away and the sun hits and it goes. That's what happens when God shows up. You don't even know why you're believing him sometimes. There are three things that we need that I, that I felt the Lord show me in order to be healed. Guaranteed this, what I'm going to give you, if there's ever, I've never done this, right? I never say, guaranteed, you will be healed every single time this happens. How many of you excited about that? Someone's like, well, it sounds like you're contradicting yourself now. Well, you need to know what the three things are. But it happens every time, it, like clockwork. The first is, it has to be God's will. It will happen every time. And if you were here for the pre-word, you heard the word, just as the Lord said it. If it's God's will, done deal. You can bank on that. Watch this in Matthew chapter 8. You don't have to go there. I'm going to read it to you real quick. Starting in verse, or well, actually 8.22, it says, But Jesus told him, follow me now. Let the spiritually dead bury their dead. Now, you can go read the context of it later. But the point is, Jesus said, follow me now. I'm in proximity now. There's another scripture that says, you better seek God while he can still be found. Follow me now. Don't worry about the dead. You know, this man was talking about his father. He said, I want to go bury my father first. He said, let the spiritually dead bury the dead. But why didn't he heal him? I mean, he was in proximity. I didn't say that when God's in proximity, Healing happens every time. I said the only way healing happens is if God's in proximity. You don't understand what that means. I'm not saying that healing happens because God's proximity is there, because in the way that you're asking for it, like maybe you, got, you want your leg to grow back. I'm not saying because God's proximity is there that that healing is going to happen, but I'm saying if that healing happens, it's only because God was there. Amen. That shouldn't be confusing. The second, you have to believe what he can do and what he will do. A simple example of that is you're praying God to heal your body. He can do it. Whether or not he does, one thing's for certain. That body is going to die. He will cause that body to die. That, do, that body is not going with you. So you have to believe that he can heal you, but you have to accept the fact you won't stay healed in that body. See, that changes everything because now I want God to heal so he can get glory. I'm not asking him to heal me so I can just have a, a momentary uh, time of relief. I'm saying get the glory, Lord. So it has to be God's will. It has to be for his glory. We have to believe in what he can do and what he will do. And we cannot mask our doubt. Let me show you how we mask our doubt. You have to be honest with God. If, if you're doubting, you need to just 
just be doubting. Like, what did Doubting Thomas do? People give him such a hard time. I don't like how they give him a hard time when they preach. That was a real man who really walked. That's a man who's with God now. You shouldn't talk about him like that. Like, oh, Doubting, man, nah, nah, nah. That's not God. You can learn something from Doubting Thomas. He was honest. How many of us have doubted but tried to look good? Like we had faith. You're liars. When you do that, you're lying. But it's not even a word. Don't worry about lying to man. You're lying to God. Just be honest. I'm, I'm struggling. I can't believe you for this. But you know what we do? We say, well, you know, whatever his will is. And so we sound like we're trusting God, but you're not being honest about your doubt. See, that's not the, maybe you are trust, but you're not being honest about your doubt. God wants you to be an honest person, a pure person. Don't mask your doubt with Christianese, with, 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 with what sounds godly. Be honest with God. Watch what he'll do when you be honest with him. I'm guaranteeing you stuff here. I'm telling you that if you're an honest person believing what he can do and will do, you will have a healing in your life that's greater than anything physical, that's greater than anything financial. You're going to have a security and a peace of knowing God is in control. What? Am I doing pirate eye again? Don't confuse stubbornness with faith. This is the other thing that happens. People begin to try to move the hand of God. It's like trying to move Mount Everest. You go up against it, it ain't going anywhere. But if you were just a little bit to the left, everything would be okay. I'd have a straight path. And so what we do is, watch this. Now I'm about to touch on something that really can go throughout your whole faith, but I'm going to talk about it on the healing piece, but it can go throughout your whole faith, my brothers and sisters. You say something was God, and you don't want to be wrong, but it was never the Lord in the first place. So you put it out there in front of people to hear. You said, the Lord told me this. But God also told Abraham to kill Isaac, but then told him to stop. But for some reason, you don't know how to stop. You said God said it, and you care more about being right in the eyes of people than being wrong in the eyes of God. Did you hear what I said? You care more about being right in the eyes of people than just standing wrong in the eyes of God. It's better for you to say, I'm just, I missed it. You know what? I missed it. But you will, want, you will want so badly to make God do what you say, but you never do what he say. That's what I mean. You get stubborn, and, you, and, and here's what happens. I'm speaking to a place that is so real right now, man. You actually don't believe God is seeing you. Let me just get real. Let me get real. You know you need healing? You need healing from lying, from deceiving yourself. That when you sneak out and you go to the bar, like my brother Aaron was telling me about how he heard this pastor saying he had to go out of the area to get a beer because he didn't want to see somebody. He didn't want somebody to see him get a beer and cause him to stumble like the scripture is talking about, right? It's like, 
Do you, do you understand that that's the heart of every person without Jesus? I mean, there are people right now that are listening to my voice that are still drinking on the low. Still doing things on the low. Still watching porn on the low. Still gambling on the low. There are people doing this. I know because I did it all. That's why I can stand so sure in front of you and I'm telling you right now, you're not fooling God. This is not about you agreeing with me as a pastor or you saying amen to my, this is about you agreeing with God. That he sees everything. And that you would come to a place where you don't just amen that. But you actually stand there and you go, yes, he sees everything. Everything. I am naked before the Lord. Don't get stubborn because you want to appear away. Be honest. You're wretched and you need God. It's like, dude, the flesh is so wicked that it doesn't want to receive. It doesn't want to receive the truth. You need to walk in the spirit because the spirit will quicken you in the moment. It will, it will say, God is here, right here. And you don't have to keep living blind. Thirdly, your heart must kneel. So first, it has to be God's will. And when it's God's will, it's always for his glory. Second, you have to believe in what he can do and will do. Don't mask your doubt with trying to appear you know, like you, you believe when you really don't. And don't confuse stubbornness with faith. God is not looking for someone to be stubborn. He's looking for someone to be broken and contrite. Verse 3, I mean, number 3, the heart must kneel. If the heart kneels, it's God's will, and you believe what he can and will do, healing will happen every single time. That's the formula for healing. That's the formula for healing. The heart has to kneel. You have to know who you're before. You're not just, you're not just coming and doing this religious thing. You're before God right now. Right now. Your heart, your mind, your soul is bare before the Lord. Knows everything. I mean everything. He knows what you thought about him, what he's thought about her, what she's thought about them. Everything. I know it's a better, it's, I know it's, uh, it appeals to the flesh more when it's like, he want to heal you, anybody want to, I know that, but that's not what we need. That's not what we need. That's not what we need. We don't need God to just heal our bodies, brothers and sisters. We don't need that. We need healing on the soul. And if the healing of the body comes, praise God. But if it doesn't, praise God. What time is it? I think I've been doing pretty good on the time. I try to end by 7.30, but we always end up squeaking near 8. Unbelief. That's what the Lord spoke to me tonight. 
uh, leading up to tonight. He said, there's unbelief in the church. Not just us. There's just unbelief in the body. And so because there's a works part of us, we go, well, then I have to believe. No, you don't have to. You need to go to God with your unbelief. That's what you need to do. You need to go to God and be honest for once. Just be honest for once in your life. Just be real with God for once. God, I'm a wretch. I don't believe. I struggle. I need to put my finger in the hole in order to believe that you truly did get pierced. Don't you hate on doubting Thomas. You can learn from him. He was honest. And what did God do? Revealed himself. But let me tell you something for those of you that are not being honest with God, that are not, you're living a lie. You are not experiencing the fullness of Christ. You are living a lie. And it is robbing you. It is robbing you blind and you don't even know it. Because see, as long as you have that illusion, that's the actual right word, this illusion of Christianity, then you can never go further into the things of God. You will only go as far as that illusion takes you. And let me tell you something, it's a hard left. But reality, the truth, the Bible says it's the truth that sets you free, not illusion, the truth. So if it's the truth that sets you free, that means there's a healing that takes place where the blinders come off and you recognize how horribly wrong you are without God. How, how much you need him all the time. And you come before him like every time, every time. I'm just not worthy of this. It's like grabbing a hold of something that you know you didn't deserve. You know, it's just, you're just not, it's, you're just always in awe. Because you just know who you are in this relationship. You know who you are. Now, I want to say one thing. You are a son and daughter of God. You are the head, not the tail, above, not beneath. But let me say it real clear. You are the head, not the tail, meaning you are above, not beneath, meaning you are no longer under the, de the, the consequences of death. That's what all that means. But when it comes to God, he's over, not under. He's the head, not the tail. He's above, not beneath. You see that? So allow that to heal you. Because this message wasn't necessarily about figuring out a way to get a miracle in the house. I pray God doesn't. I pray your vertigo's gone. Jesus name. I pray Aaron's hit sickness is gone in Jesus name, but not because I have the ability to do it. But I pray that God would show off like when he gave you 2020 vision. I pray God, I pray God would pop your eardrums and you can hear her again. I want I want to see God do that. See, that's my desire. But is it God's? Maybe he's doing something with that, that's far more important. And we just don't understand that we have to trust him. 
Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. And we can only pray that through this we would grow in Christ, in faith in Christ. Lord, we surrender ourselves now. Forgive us for trying to be better than we really are. Forgive us for thinking higher of ourselves than we should. And forgive us for not being honest with you, Lord. For not being honest with you. And thank you for showing us the way. In Jesus' name. Is there anybody in here that this sermon or this word spoke to you?